Warning! Deep Fix contains adult content and language. So if you don't touch processed foods but eat gummy bears, this may not be for you. And now, Deep Fix. Hello, and welcome to Deep Fix, where we get a fix of all of our favorite obsessions. I'm your host, Jen B. And this season, we are breaking down the iconic Real Housewives of New York City seasons one through three. This episode, we're breaking down season one, episode five, Careful, She Bites. Now, let's get our fix. Now it's turtle time, so buckle up because we're going to do a quick overview of the episode. This episode is a good one in that it started to show how real life was getting in front of the cameras. And it was the beginning of these setups weren't so necessary. And I think it came at a great time in the first season because we got the introductions out of the way and we were ready for something juicy to happen. And boom, here comes Bethany's breakup. Spoiler alert, but we're going to get there anyway, right? I also noticed that there was a big focus on the kids, or at least we get a big part of the show dedicated to the relationship of the parents and the children, the housewives and their kids. And I feel like we get that more so here than we do in some other seasons and even some other franchises and cities. And that's probably because these housewives had to have interesting lives themselves at this point. So we really were following their lives. And the majority of them were already parents. And if they weren't parents already, the topic of having children was on the forefront of their mind and on their storyline, that's for sure. And I liked that we got to see some of the inner workings and some of the more personal moments with the housewives. So this episode opens up with Bethany and we see her struggling through her fresh breakup with Jason, her Jason number one, her Wall Street tight boyfriend. And she is meeting Alex and I I believe in one of the first setups. So she's meeting Alex to go to an outdoor farmer's market to discuss nutrition and how to get her kids to eat more meat or eat healthy or something like that. But as it turns out, Bethany, five minutes prior to cameras rolling and meeting up with Alex, has broken up basically with Jason and has kind of left the relationship and had a freak out because he told her he can't guarantee that he's going to be ready to have kids in a couple of years, which... If you saw the episode prior to this, she's getting up there in her 30s. She said they were all on the same page. He knew that she wanted to have children and they weren't messing around. So this is news to her and news to us. So it just so happens, of course, that real life begins to creep into filming. And I'm sure the production company and the producers loved this. And so we see Alex become a shoulder to lean on for Bethany and Bethany opens up about what has just happened, literally just happened with her breakup with Jason and they, they talk through it. And we see that eventually Bethany decides to escape to Miami. She talks about her 
her running issues that when she gets scared or she hears something that she doesn't like from a, a partner or a spouse, she runs. That's what she does. She's out of there and she knows it's not good, but she's still going to run and she tries to justify it. And we see Jill come over and just grill her. You know, you're what is Bethany has this great line where she's, it, she's imitating Jill and you say, you're not running, but you're running. And you say, you're not running, but yeah, you're packing, you're packing. It's, it's pretty good. So you see, you see Jill grill her on the behavior of saying you're not running, but clearly you're packing your bags, running to Miami to kind of chill out and, and spend some time with your friends and get away from the problems of your relationship. And this provides an interesting insight to Bethany. She runs down to Miami Beach. She is a, apparently went to boarding school there. So she is a former resident of Florida, feels comfortable there. And she meets up with some of her old friends. And we see her going out to fabulous restaurants. And she knows a couple of people and gets a penthouse. And not because she's paying for it, but because she's got connections. And it's fun. We see her go out with her friends. She's talking about how she her experiences at boarding school. And that's where the girls met when they were 14 or 15. And eventually it seems like Bethany unwinds, has some time to reflect, has clearly talked with Jason and calls him and tells him she's coming home a day early. And it appears that she's reconciled with Jason and, or at least is going back to New York city to make an attempt at the relationship. And then we have Ramona and her big focus for this episode is her daughter, Avery. Avery is 12. She's in the seventh grade. She is going to an all girls school and getting ready for a co-ed dance in middle school. I I believe it's the first co-ed dance. So Ramona is taking Avery and a couple of her girlfriends to a salon for them to get their hair done and have their hair blown out and get fancy for the evening. And then they're going to, they go off to tea. Ramona, it's really cute. Ramona, Ramona takes them to a tea house and is giving them advice on, on boys. And then they go back to Ramona and Mario's condo on the Upper East Side, and the girls get dressed and are getting ready for the dance. And we see Mario come home, and you know, girls, you look so pretty. It's really sweet. And Ramona's chaperoning, of course, to Avery's dismay. And Avery's made her promise not to embarrass her. And it's a really fun interaction. I always remember this scene, especially because of some of Avery's cute uh, friends who are just hilarious. And it's sweet. We see them as a family, and uh, and Ramona's kind of cool and hip. And of course, Avery's totally embarrassed. And we also see that Mario and Ramona really want Avery to continue Mario's third generation family business. Avery would be the fourth. It's a jewelry business, but Ramona explains that the bulk of it isn't jewelry. They also do trophies and medals and those kind of things. And Mario really wants her to participate. And of course, Avery is resistant and does not seem to be interested at all. But still, they go to Mario's office. They are trying to introduce Avery to the concepts and get her ideas on a couple of things, which appears she has a couple of good ideas on some jewelry and ideas for for selling. And it's really a nice, honest episode, I think, for Ramona and her family, because, of course, kids at that age don't want anything to be do with their parents and want to go be independent and do their own thing, which Mario recognizes. And it's it's just a sweet, honest reflection of them at a time before their marriage falls apart and when they're happy. And then we've got Jill Zarin and her dog, Ginger Zarin, who is just a little terror. She's a devil dog. And she's terrible to her daughter, Allie. She's terrible to her new housekeeper, Berta. We see moving guys coming in and she's you know attacking them. It's just she's a four pound chihuahua with 
the, you know, who's the devil incarnate. And everyone recognizes it. And, and Joan decides she needs a dog trainer or some help with the dog. And so she calls Luann, who also has a new puppy and was looking to get a trainer for the new puppy. So she calls Luann and they set up a dog trainer date with their families, the kids and the dogs. And we see Luann and Jill get together for the dog trainer. And Jill, the dog trainer is basically saying you're doing everything wrong. Of course, you know, Jill is babying her and overfeeding her and letting her attack her daughter, Allie, and (laughs) rewarding her for it. And the whole nine yards. And of course, but Jill's like, I just want her to cuddle with me in bed. So is it really that big of a deal? It's, you know, and of course, Allie's like, mom, get it together. Like she obsessively licks up your nose and you you didn't address that mom. She kind of calls her out. It's hilarious. And then we also see the side of Jill that we know and love where she goes over to Bethany's condo before Bethany is about to flee to Miami in the midst of her relationship crisis. And she just starts giving it to Bethany and grilling her about what she's doing and why she's doing it and calling her out on her bullshit, really. And it's the Jill that we know and love. And then Luann, we see the Count is actually home. He travels a lot. So he's home. Her her son, Noel, is getting breakdance lessons. And we hear Luann talk about how she wants him to do something other than play the cello at school. And so his breakdance instructor comes over and it's adorable. We see the, in the lesson. It's very cute. And then we see they're also having a, a very small dinner. Her niece, who she went out with in the other episode, comes over and a friend of the Count, it sounds like a longtime friend, comes over for dinner. And so they discuss boarding school, of course, with Victoria. They talk about Noel's breakdancing and then they make him perform a little couple minutes of his what he learned today in front of everybody, which of course you feel mortified for him. But again, it's it's a moment. It's it's it it's a nice moment for Luann, although you do see the count, you see his kind of his sternness, like you know, end of discussion, I don't want to hear about it. You you see that he's in charge when he comes home. And finally we see Alex and her birthday is coming up and Simon is planning a surprise party for her on a boat. And he reaches out to Bethany. You know, it sounds like Bethany is maybe introducing her to the group. She, he, they, he introduces Bethany or invites Bethany and her friend to come to the birthday party, which they do. Seems like a very small kind of random group of people, but they have a good time. They all drink too much. Simon and Alex try to talk to her about her relationship traumas, which she claims she doesn't want to talk about, but she kind of does talk about. It's pretty funny. And after the party, they set sail alone and we get to see Simon and all of his creepiness awkwardness I don't know what to describe it it's just it it was the beginning of I remember going "Ugh, I I don't like that I I feel bad for her because she's 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 aware of it you see you see in this episode that she's aware of the behavior and is just trying to deflect it and stop it from happening as much as possible but anyway we see them you know he gives her a very nice present and you know obviously the party and we see them sail off into the sunset All right, it's time to mention it all about episode five, so let's get into it. Episode five opens with Alex at the Green Market in Union Square, and she's waiting for Bethany. They're going to meet up to talk about nutrition and her kids. It sounds like her kids aren't eating enough meat or something of that sort. And I I really believe this is one of the first setups or we start to see how the housewives realize They need to have a friend to film because the chances of getting on TV when there's 
more than one of you on in in the scene is is the likelihood greatly increases of getting it on camera the more uh, housewives you have in the scene. So you start to see them doing things together. And I see think this is quite evident in this episode. And so we first see this little setup. And it's also quite savvy of Bethany because we see the business acumen starting to come out in her. She wants to be known as the natural food chef and domesticating health and all of that. So, of course, it's geared towards she's helping Alex with a nutrition and food issue with her kids, right? Very self-serving in the smartest and best of ways. But lo and behold, of course life has a funny way of interjecting itself in the greatest of plans. And so apparently five minutes before that, Bethany has broken up with Jason. And so you see Alex in her, in her interview and she's saying when Bethany showed up, she could just tell she wasn't present. She seemed really agitated and she just immediately knew something was up and she asked her about it. And she says, I basically think I just broke up with Jason right before I got here and we started filming. And I, I like I like this interaction because things got real and Bethany, for whatever reason, felt that she could talk to Alex and open up to her and lean on her for support in a, I'm sure what was a very chaotic moment in her life. She's filming a new reality show. She's trying to get her name out there and She's got to show up and start work. And now she's, of course, just broken up with her boyfriend, you know, five minutes before coming on camera. And so we see Bethany start to get into it with Alex. And she's saying how and remember the last episode, Bethany is talking about how they're on the same page. He totally understands she wants to have kids. She's in her late 30s. And of course, she doesn't really want to have to be on a timeline, but she is on a timeline. That's the reality. She can't mess around forever. And she doesn't want to give up on the opportunity to have kids. And we see her open up to, to Alex and talking about how Jason says, okay, well, I don't, I'm definitely not going to be ready in a year. And I don't know if I'm going to be ready in two years, which scares the crap out of her. And she apparently, according to her quote, freaked out and she was, she was ready to be done with the relationship. And you know, she needs to skip town for a couple of days and, and get her head on straight. And she makes it very clear, you know, he doesn't want to be on a timeline. She doesn't want to be on a timeline, but the reality is that she is. And she's makes it very clear that she's not going to lose out on the chance to have a kid. And she's very firm on it. And she basically, she comes clean with her own behavior and says, when I didn't hear the answer I wanted from him, I wanted to run and I wanted to bolt. And that's one of the problems and issues that she's been dealing with in her approach to relationships. And then we cut to Ramona and she's taking Avery, her 12-year-old daughter, and a bunch of her girlfriends to Amour de Hair. It's a little hair salon there. They all go to a girl's school and they're in seventh grade and this is a boy-girl dance. It's the first one. And so they're getting blowouts and having their hair done. And I love these scenes which is so surprising because I usually hate child actors, which is probably why I love this scene, because they're not child actors. They're just some rich kids from New York City going and getting their hair blown out before a seventh grade dance. But we see Ramona take the girls and Ramona's, of course, she looks fantastic. She's young. She's hip. She dresses much younger than her age. 
And Ramona's uh, talking to the girls, hanging out while they're getting their hair done. Avery's totally embarrassed by her. But Avery's friends like Ramona. And there's this one girl, Becky. I just, I fell in love with her. And I would normally find someone like her annoying if it was a child actor. But she's so authentically this person. It's just adorable. And she's, you know, telling Ramona, you go, Ramona. You know, shake what your mama gave you. And She's commenting as Ramona's dancing. She's like, you shouldn't be so upset, Avery. You know, my mom would be, you know, doing the monkey like, oh, is this hip? Is this cool? She's really quite a character. And I, I I don't know. I got a kick out of her. And I always, whenever I see this episode, I'm always like, oh, yeah, there's Becky. She's hilarious. And it's great because we also cut to Avery who says, my mom dresses too young, even when it doesn't look good on her and she needs to dress older. And Ramona reminds Avery that she is chaperoning the dance, to which Avery, of course, is like, don't forget, Mom, you know, you promised me you're not going to dance, you're not going to talk to me. Ramona's like, well, can't I dance with your friends and talk to them and just, you know, ribbing her? It's it's pretty funny. And that's when we, we see Becky and the girls. They love Ramona. But of course, no 12-year-old wants their mom chaperoning and then threatening to possibly dance, especially when they're in a mini skirt and boots up to their knee like Ramona is, right? So let's just be real. But nonetheless, it's a fun scene. It's really sweet. And then we cut to Jill's condo and we meet Ginger Zarin, her four pound chihuahua, who is just an absolute disaster, totally territorial and out of control, quite clearly because Jill lets her and encourages her to be out of control. And so we see Jill talking about how she's attacked Allie, her daughter. She's got a new housekeeper, Berta, and she got attacked I love all dogs and even this dog. It's just annoying. And I and I try to put the blame on Jill because it really is Jill's fault, but it's hard not to hate the dog because it is so annoying. Anyway, so we meet Ginger. You see she's a total spoiled brat. Jill is cooking for her, you know, meat, chicken, turkey, ground beef. And it's funny because Ginger Jill's like, "Oh, she's just crazy. I don't I don't know. I don't know what to do." And it's like, "Well, no, you're acting crazy to her, which is why she's reflecting the crazy back to you, Jill. Hello. Anyway, it's pretty funny. So because apparently she's attacked a bunch of people and she's terrible to Allie, she realizes she needs to call in a dog trainer. And so she calls Luann because Luann has a new puppy, Aston, the cute little Westie. And she says, you know, maybe we can have a, a, a play date where we have the dog trainer come over with our kids and we can learn something. Which, you know, I kind of call setup number two. I think Bethany's learning from Jill. At this point, they're friends. And I think Bethany's, I'm sure Jill's probably telling Bethany, find a housewife and have something to do. The chances of them filming it and putting it on TV are probably greater. So you see Jill call Luann. Would she really call Luann to have a dog trainer come over for the two of them? Probably not. But for the show, of course. So we see them call call the dog trainer and go over to, to Luann's house to have the dogs trained. And we see the obsessive, what Allie was talking about, with the obsessive licking up Jill's nose of the dog, which I don't know in what world Jill thinks that's healthy behavior, but ew. Anyway, so we go back to Ramona, and she's taking the girls to a little teacup shop. It's called Alice's Teacup. It's really sweet. It looks adorable. So she has tea with the girls. They've all got their hair all fancy. They're feeling good. And it's cute. She's giving the girls advice, telling them, even though it doesn't seem like it, boys care just as much as you do. So don't feel so embarrassed. It's really sweet. And the girls are eating up the advice. 
And then they're off to Ramona and Mario's condo to get ready for the dance. We see the girls dressing up. It's it, their typical tweens getting ready for their first co-ed dance. And then Ramona comes in and they're talking about dancing at the dance. And of course, we get one of the many, what is to become many, great clips of Ramona dancing. So Edgy's talking about, I don't understand these girls. They they just, they gyrate in a way I don't get it. They, that's not my style. That's not how we danced. We, we were so free with our body and she's kind of trying to dance with the girls. And it's, it's the beginning of what is many wonderful Ramona dancing clips. And then Mario comes home and Coco and Avery greet him. And it's very sweet. And he sees all the girls and tells them how pretty they look and does his good deed as the dad. And then Ramona's off to chaperone the dance and they all take off. And then we're back to Bethany, and she's walking her dog, Cookie, down to the river to meet her girlfriend, Lauren, the same Lauren that she was having the lychee martinis with before her very awkward conversation with Jason, which eventually led to the breakup. She's going to meet Lauren to really just kind of go over the the details of what happened and, and talk to your girlfriend about the breakup with what you thought was going to be your person. And Beth Bethany is recreating what happens and explains that Jason kind of dropped the bomb that he wasn't ready to have kids anytime in the near future. And Bethany admits that she basically lost her mind and she doesn't want to throw away the relationship. But she mentions how Jason says, you know, you always have your ball and bat and you're ready to go and you've got a bag by the door at all times and those kind of things. And she explains that she just wants to chill. She needs to get away and then Simon calls her, and she seems surprised that Simon's calling her while they're on camera. And he invites them to the party for Alex that he's going to th to throw. It's a surprise party um, on a boat. He's chartered a boat, and they seem excited probably to, I'm sure Bethany's excited to get away from all of it. And Beth Bethany says, sure, of course. Can I bring Lauren? He says yes, and they're going to the party. And as Bethany says, drinks, boat. And I can bring my friend. Yeah, I I'm in. You had me there. And then Bethany explains to, to Lauren, oh, you've never met Alex and Simon. You'll see they're attached at the hip. This is like you start to see the pattern. And then we cut to the Countess and we see Noel, her son. He's got his breakdance teacher coming over. His name's Cyclone. And it's interesting. These first couple of episodes, production is flashing the cost of things. So every treatment, every activity, something like this. I said, I think it says breakdance lesson, $75 an hour. It's, it's funny how they they really are pushing the, the, the rich money aspect of the housewife show early on here. They still do it occasionally, but they're, it's pretty heavy in these first, these first seasons. So we see Noel, he goes on the second or the third floor of the townhouse to go have his, his breakdance lesson with Cyclone. And it's, he's, it's cute. He's, He's learning and it's it's very basic and it's very it's it's great. It's sweet and we see Luann doesn't want him only doing cello for school, she says. She wants him to be well versed and it's part of pop culture, so he should know something. And and then we cut to dinner and the count is in town, which is a rarity. And Luann is explaining when the count is in town, they try to spend a lot of time together. They're having a small dinner with their kids. Luann's niece, who she went to, she went downtown and partied with in the previous episode, she's there. And then one of the Count's very old, longtime friends is over for dinner. And they have a nice dinner. And you can see the, the Count, how he is holding court. He's talking 
to Noel about his breakdancing. And then they start talking about Victoria's boarding school. Oh, because I forgot her friend Matt, who I think was a quasi maybe first boyfriend. He's over again for dinner, along with Richard, their old, the old friend of the Counts. So we see they're talking about Victoria's boarding school, and he's very firm with her because it doesn't sound like perhaps she wants to go or maybe she doesn't want to check others out. And he tells her, you need to see at least four to five, and, and you will. And perhaps maybe I'm going to send you to Thailand. Or, and so you better just be careful. <laughs> it's pretty funny. And then Noel pipes in that here's his theory of an all-girls school because some of these boarding schools are all-girls schools. His theory of an all-girls school is that you come out a lesbian. That's a quote, is what he says. And then the Count looks at him and says, well, you know, I went to an all-boys school and I didn't come out gay. So your, you know, your judgment's off there. And we see that the Count rules the roost when he's home, that's for sure. And then we go to Alex's house and she and Simon are getting ready for her surprise birthday party. She knows it's a birthday party, but the surprise is what they're doing. So the party isn't the surprise. It's what they're doing. That's the surprise. And they're getting dressed and he's, he's just being obnoxiously vague about what they're doing. He's kind of ribbing her about getting dressed and she's like, yeah, but I don't know where we're going. So do I need a jacket? He's like, yes, I guess it wouldn't be quite, it just, it's like, just spit it out. Do I need a jacket? Right. And even she's a little bit annoyed. But anyway, so they get dressed and they hop in the car and towards the end, he blindfolds her and they board the boat. And she says, of course, I know we're on a boat, but I don't know what we're doing. So they're on, they're at the Chelsea piers and they board the boat that he's chartered and he pulls off the blindfold and surprise, there's a group of what seems like a small group of random people for her birthday. And Bethany and her friend Lauren are two of the people that are there. And Bethany actually even mentions that she likes that she doesn't know anybody there because she can just kind of drink and have fun and check out, which is, it sounds like what she's looking to do after this bad breakup. An early skinny girl, Margarita alert. She, we see her make a comment that she wanted clear tequila, but all they had was the junky gold tequila, but she didn't care at that point. She wanted to have a couple of drinks and let loose and she was going to do it. And I love to see it because even on the boat, Bethany is hustling. There's this one of their friends on the boat who I think is an, a hotel owner. I know uh, Simon works in the hotel business. So I think this guy's a hotel owner and it seems like a really nice one. And Bethany's like, oh, you own that? She's like, and she gets over there and snuggles up next to the guy. And she's like, I'm going to bring my girlfriends there. We're going to have a girls weekend. Are you in for that? And he's like, totally contact me. He's like an Italian guy or whatever. It's it's pretty funny that just to see. It's no wonder Bethany got climbed, climbed to the top as quickly and as, as successfully as she did because she hustled even on that boat at the birthday party. But anyway, so they're drinking. They're having a good time. And then Alex and Simon decide to pull Bethany up aside because obviously Bethany has confided in Alex that they she just broke up right before filming and so Alex has told Simon so they want to make sure she's okay and Bethany says it's sweet but it was a little bit like okay parents thanks for kind of getting in my business but I'm good and Bethany even you know she's had a little bit little bit to drink and she says something to them like you're not someone that I would normally meet or know but you know, I really like you, Alex. You're very disarming. I feel like I can talk to you. It's one of those underhanded comments. And then the producers do another great 
well, I should say the editors probably, the editors do another great editing job because we're, we jump back and forth from Bethany in her confessional saying, I don't need to get into the private dynamics of my relationship. We don't need a full Dr. Phil therapy session here. But then they're cutting to her sitting with Alex and Simon on the boat, and she's going over the details of the breakup and how he doesn't want kids, and she's not willing to give it up, and her tendency is to run, and they're cutting back and forth of her saying, I don't need to tell them any details, and basically her spilling all the details. It's it's pretty funny. And then we have one of the classic season one lines where Bethany's explaining that someone once said of her, you know, she's a Mustang, you have to let her run. And Simon, thinking she's being self-deprecating, pops over and says, you're a Ferrari, darling. And she's like, no, Simon, the Mustang, the horse, not the car. And he's like, oh, and it's just like, oh, my God, he's just good Lord. And so that's the end of that. Bethany says, OK, let's move it on. It's your birthday. Let's focus on that. So they go back to the party. And again, everyone has fun, cocktails and appetizers. Then everybody leaves, gets off the boat, and Alex and Simon set sail for an evening cruise and dinner for her birthday, which is very sweet, except he's he's just so creepy. I remember watching this live for the first time, just going, oh my God, this guy. He's just, he's kissing her too long and getting too into it in front of the cameras, and then she's recognizing it, so she's trying to avoid it and kind of dropping her head and giving him her forehead so he can't try to shove his tongue down her throat on national television. It's like this guy is just, ugh, it's like, get off of her. I just feel like she has so much potential and he just drags her down. But anyway, they have a nice dinner. They, he gives her a present on a plate. It's the, uh, it looks like jewelry and it's in a bow and they awkwardly open it together. One, two, three. It's just like, oh God, this is what Bethany's talking about. That They're glued at the hip. It's like, whatever. And then it's, it's funny. So he gives her a very nice pair of gold earrings. I'm sure they were probably over a thousand dollars if they were bought in New York city. I think there was even a, one of the, I think because they were obsessed this season with flashing up prices, I feel like they flashed it up and said gold earrings, $1,800 or something like that. They have young kids. They they're, they don't have a whole lot of money, right? But they're pretending like they do. And so because they're gold and they're not diamonds or anything like that, he's, isn't, aren't these different? Isn't that different? I feel like he's trying to cover up and act like, oh, I always buy you jewels. So isn't this something different than what I normally get you? It's like, just get over it. You've done a really nice job, but whatever. As, as usual, he kind of takes it to the next level. And then we have Alex's voiceover where she's talking about, you know, he's just a master at birthdays and this is his best yet. And I'm just like, really? I mean, maybe it was, but okay. But they sail off into the sunset and had a great night. And then we cut to Bethany's condo on the Upper East Side, her tiny little space. And she's leaving to go to Miami. She's packing. She's got her suitcase ready. She's ready to escape her life. And she says so. She mentions that Miami is the New Yorker's warm playground. In fact, she went to boarding school there. She's very familiar with the area in Miami and Miami Beach. And so Jill comes over. Jill knows that she's packing up and leaving. And Jill is not happy that she's running and she's calling her out. And in her interview, she's calling her out to her face that you say this is a problem, but look, you're doing it right now. So why are you thinking there's going to be any different, you know, uh, uh, ending? And Bethany 
is trying to say, I haven't been doing my own thing. I haven't been going to yoga. I haven't been taking care of myself and focusing on the things that make me happy because I've been trying to be a perfect partner for Jason. So I need to take a moment. Things blew up and I just need to clear my head. And she tries to get Jill to see it, but Jill just keeps digging and is not having it. And Jill's all over. Why are you going to Miami? And then you see we cut to her voiceover and Jill's talking about Bethany. She says she's changing and she's present, yet she's packing and she's leaving. It's it's so great. I, lo- I love the two of them. This is really the beginning of their on-screen, if, if not off-screen relationship, and it's fun to see. And so, of course, Jill continues to grill her because she wants details. She wants facts. She wants all of it. Bethany's admitting that this is really all of her stuff and she shouldn't run and she th- these are her issues that she's got to deal with. Jill, you're telling me you're not running, but you're running. You're, you're telling me you're not running, but you're running and you're packing. It's great. And then we cut to Ramona's condo and they're talking about Mario's family business, three generations. Uh, Avery would be the fourth. And they have a company that uh, Ramona ex- explains that they sell mostly church-related items and she's convinced him to to start an online, which if you think back, this is 2008. So online is really progressive. An online uh, outlet for their jewelry called True, True Faith Jewelry. And I think Bethany is, is probably influencing Ramona. I'm sure Bethany's backstage saying, if you've got businesses, or I should say behind the scenes saying, if you've got businesses, you better be promoting them on the show. So Ramona's explaining that they have TrueFaithJewelry.com now. They are... They're going to be selling selling their their stuff on there, and but then she goes on to say that jewelry really isn't the biggest part of what they do. They make trophies, medals, those kind of things. In fact, Mario shows as they go to Mario's um, uh, office, and Mario is showing Avery around because they really he's he's really hoping eventually she'll take over or get into the business. And he shows medals they did for the State Department. So you can see they they also get quite big contracts. And it seems like they've got a nice business going for themselves. So they're putting the toe in the water with Avery that that she takes over. And of course, she's saying, no, thank you. She's not interested. She's she's just not having it, even though when they go to Mario's office, it's her off day. So, of course, she's bummed as well because it was a three day weekend and she And she didn't want to have to spend her day off going to work with her dad. So we jump back to Miami Beach, Florida. I think the hotel is Vinci or Vici or something uh, with Bethany. She's talking about how she went to boarding school there. She met her her friend, Sarah, who's one of her best friends. And she mentions is one of only about five people in this world that she trusts. And they go to table eight, which is a restaurant of somebody they know. I believe it's the head chef or the general manager of the hotel and the restaurant there. So Bethany also has a penthouse because she's got a connection with the the hotel and the restaurant. And Sarah comes over and they mention they've been friends for so many years, 23 years. They're feeling old, talking about old times and having a good time. And of course, Bethany talks to her about kids and Jason and the breakup and everything that has just happened. And Sarah bluntly just tells Bethany, you know, your eggs are getting older. You need to have a baby. You you don't need to be messing around with this. And then Bethany is like, well, Jesus, I, I wouldn't make an omelet with some anything less than fresh eggs. Now I'm going to try to make a kid. And it's it's pretty funny. 
And Bethany's going on about how she's, it's not like she's auditioning men who want to have kids because she feels that's how the women in the city are, is just this kind of checklist and auditioning who wants to, whose lineage do I want to carry on as opposed to who do I want to love and fall and, and be with and fall in love with. And she says, if all I wanted to do was get married and have a baby, I could have, you know, I have options. I, I could have been married to Larry or Jimmy or Peter or Kevin. And I think she's naming the the guys that she was engaged to or the ones that wanted to marry her. And she says, I could have had all the kids in the world with them, but I wouldn't have been happy and I wouldn't have had my career. And so I, I wouldn't have changed it for the world. And we're just going to see if you can have it all, which also becomes her through line and, and one of her challenges throughout the season that she's working out. Can you have the giant career and the family and have it all? Or do you have to give something up? And so then we cut back to Ramona and she's at Mario's office with Avery. Although Avery doesn't, is very adamant that she doesn't want to go to work with her dad, Mario, and be the fourth generation. She is, she, she doesn't really know what she wants to do. And she's honest about it. And she explains that she wanted to be a ballerina and then an actress and then a singer and then a dancer and then a triple threat. And then of course, Ramona's like, what the hell's a triple threat? And she's like, all three, mom. And then she wanted to be Maria Sharapova. And she says, now I don't know what I want to be. And we get at Ramona again saying, well, that's fine. But whatever you are and whatever you decide to become, you need to be independent of a man and you need to make your own money. And she explains right to Avery's face, you know, my mom was in a bad marriage and she couldn't get out because she didn't have any financial means of her own. And my dad would say to her, where are you going to go? And she didn't have anywhere to go. And she says, so my mom taught me that you need to be independent and have your own money and have a career and all of all of those good things. And she says, that's why I'm like that. And so make sure you are. And it's sound, you know, Avery really is taking it in. It's it's nice to see she's really raising a strong, independent woman. And we see Ramosha, Ramona get emotional, and she says she gets emotional when she talks about her mom. She says her mom died two years ago, two Januaries ago from when they were filming. And she says her mom taught her these lessons to, to be independent and to walk and get out of the relationship if it's unhealthy or if it isn't working for you and how much she values her mom. And she's she's teary-eyed and she's crying. And it's nice to see, again, it's great when real life starts coming through. And then now it's time for a dog training family date. So we, we were at Luann's townhouse. Jill shows up with Allie and, of course, Ginger. And the dog trainer's there. And the dog trainer basically is right off the bat on, on Ginger. He sees the problem. He says she's overfed. And Jill admits she basically just cooks all different kinds of meat for her all day. And he says that's way too much protein. She needs to be eating her dry food and getting some of the other stuff outside of the meat. And Luann, it's, I love it though, I gotta say, because Luann gets it a bit more. Jill's, oh, she won't eat it. She's very picky. She won't eat this. And Luann's like, trust me, if she's hungry, she's gonna eat. And Jill, it's like, Jill, you can see Jill is the problem here. And Allie, even Allie says it. She's like, she owns you. And Jill says, it's sick. She admits to the dog trainer, he does own me. It's it's sick. Or she does own me. It's sick. The dog trainer tells him, tells her, you have to set some ground rules. She can't be just getting up on your bed and thinking she owns it. Make her sleep on the floor. And Jill's horrified at that thought. She's asking, do other people have their dogs sleep on the rug? Like, what are you talking about? And of course, the dog trainer's like, look, do you want her to stop being aggressive to Allie or not? It's it's real basic. And then they move over to Luann with Aston. And he's just a sweet little puppy. 
And they treat, they, he basically trains him to sit in a matter of a couple of minutes. But Luanne says, of course, Noel, he's not consistent enough, so this probably won't last. And Jill's trying to admit that she knows her behavior is bad and, and she just does it anyway, really. And then before, after the guy leaves, but they're standing there, Allie is just giving it to Jill and it's like, look, she, you have a totally disgusting relationship with the dog. You don't discipline, dis- discipline her. She licks up your nose. You didn't even tell the guy that it's totally obsessive and gross. And Jill tries to say, no, it's not. And Allie's like, yeah, it's perverted. It's totally disgusting. It's hilarious. And then we cut back to Ramona and Mario with Avery at the office. And we're seeing how Avery, how uh, Mario was trying to include Avery and get some of her suggestions as to what they should do with jewelry. And we also see I, I spied behind Mario. They make that mention that he is a, a well-decorated tennis player. And I noticed that his tennis trophies are in his office and some, some pictures of him playing tennis. So I spy if you want to spy him in the back. And then we cut back to Jill's condo. She's with Ginger. Ginger trying to say that Jill has actually been better after she's listened to the trainer. And she's attributing it to her being more aware of her own behavior and how that's affecting Ginger. And Allie comes over and she tries to hug Ginger. And of course, Ginger runs away. It's you're, you're like, sure, it's better. And then, of course, the editing again, the editing's brilliant because they cut to Jill saying she really is better. Things are better. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. It then cuts to Jill with Allie saying, oh, yeah, I, I gave her a, a steak bone today. I've been a bad girl. And she's like, she just likes rich, rich foods. And then you cut to the trainer saying she's overfed. You, you've, you've got to stop this. And then Jill's saying, oh, yeah, well, and Allie's like, why are there stairs to the bed? They're still there, mom. Like, are you letting her get in the bed? And Jill's like, well, no, I could, you know, I could do it occasionally. And then they cut to the trainer saying, absolutely not. You need to stop it. Cold turkey. It's it's pretty good editing. It's, again, showing showing the the truth side versus what Jill wants to tell you. And at the end, it ends with Allie in an interview just basically saying, yeah, I'd, I'd like it if Ginger died. <laughs> I really would. It's so funny. And then we cut back to Miami Beach with Bethany. She's at the beach. She's in her bathing suit coming out of the water. I notice it appears. It looks like she still has her implants in. And she says she relaxed and took time for herself and realized that she doesn't want to be single. She doesn't want to blow things up over this. And she's decided to reconcile with Jason. It looks like they've already talked, obviously, off camera. And it ends with her calling him and just leaving him a message saying that she's coming home a day early. So we're left with the end of the episode really being a cliffhanger as to what's going to happen with when Bethany goes back to New York City and deals with the Jason breakup. Well, that about does it for episode five. Join us next week where we break down episode six, Girls Night Out. Get ready because Ramona is about to lose her mind. And check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Deep Fix Podcast. And as always, if you have any questions or comments, shoot us an email at deepfixpodcast at gmail.com. See y'all next time.